welcome to my live call in my gym, in my home. And I give myself a, a good excuse to stop working out so I can talk to you. And I'm going to talk about uh, doing your best when you feel your worst. Um, anyway, uh, again, I'm going a little bit later than what I usually do, but uh, that's it. So at least I'm going, right? Uh, it's like what my friend uh, Ray Higdon says, uh, move forward imperfectly. And that's what we are. We, you know, we're imperfect, right? So, uh, but I, I definitely wanted to share this out with you, Julie. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Uh, Michigan is open so far. Well, I'll tell you what, you got a pretty tough governor there too. So I'm glad to hear that. I hope you're doing well. So when we talk about, um, you know, sometimes I come up with what, you know, what to talk about, what's on my mind and it's doing your best when you're feeling your worst. Um, that is not a, you know, uh, feeling your worst is not an uncommon feeling today. I, I was reading statistically that we're the first, uh, this is the first time in, or the first, no, the first time in, in decades that Americans have ever felt like there's no positive future. And yet there's so much opportunity out there Again, in July, uh, I think I you know, had my most incredible month ever. Um, network marketing seems to thrive when everything is at its worst. But <clears throat> that doesn't mean that everybody that's in network marketing is doing well, right? We're always reminded by Google how many people fail and they get into network marketing. Of course, they don't understand that most people join a company just to use a product. They never got in it for the money. But the reality is that sometimes what you do go through, uh, trials, disappointments, discouragements, that's not uncommon to us. It's not. Here's something that I learned, and I can only share what I've learned. And that is what used to get me down for a month, I learned to only let it get me down for a week. Later, what got me down for a week, I let it only get me down for a day. What got me down for a day, later, I learned, only let me bother me for maybe a few hours. Now it's minutes. Because I understand the process and what it's what, what, what I'm going through, because it's not what happens, you know, on, on the outside so much as what's happening on the inside. We can control what happens on the inside. We can't control what happens on the outside. We can control how we feel about it, how we're going to react to it or what it does to us. We, we have to give it that permission, right? And so and so when it comes to, uh, I give you some examples, like for example, uh, <clears throat> some of my disappointments I went through. I remember when I joined my last company 21 years ago, after hitting the top position in the compensation plan, top 10 position in my third month, in my third month after doing that, my biggest leg, those leaders at the top of that biggest leg or that team, 
uh, decided to leave and go after some money games. They left. What a disappointment. Oh my gosh. It's a crisis. Here's the thing that we got to be careful of as leaders. As leaders, we have to be careful that we don't fall into the learned helplessness, learned helplessness, where we tell ourselves stories. Yes, of course, I should have expected that this was going to happen to me. It always happens to me. Every time for, I hope for something, this happens. It was too good to believe that here I got to the top position in the, in the compensation plan, top 10, that while I'm breaking out the champagne and celebrating, my best leaders and my biggest team are leaving. Yeah, I was just too good to be true. We have to be careful about learned helplessness because then we start believing that is our destiny. It's like it, it's a script that's written. And we, we, it's predestination. We cannot change it. So, of course, when I got, like I said, what got me down for a month. <laughs> I think I was down for a month. But despite that, despite that, I started asking different questions. And this is what you have to do. Just understand the quality of your questions determines your destiny and your potential, whether you're going to reach your potential. Oftentimes we, we ask the wrong questions or we sit and we just make, like I said, these, these statements, of course, this is going to happen to me. Why would I ever expect I would become great in what I do? And so, you know, at that time I, I said, okay, they, they've moved on. They've moved on, but who's left? It's a different question. Who's left? Did they all leave in that team? No, they did not all leave. Who's down there? Another good question. And then finally, when I did uh, find a woman that, you know, she was like a diamond in the rough. Yes, she needs some polishing, you know, polishing, but that's exactly what happened. I worked with her and she became a superstar. She became a superstar. And it didn't happen overnight. It did not happen overnight. But I learned a lesson from that. That as bad as it is, it's not the end. It's not the end. And when you go through bad experiences, ask yourself. I learned this question from Tony Robbins. Ask yourself. What's good about this? Now, the first reaction I promise you, you're going to say is nothing. They nothing good about this. <laughs> I understand the feeling. And uh, Emilio, nice to see you, my friend. Because I felt the same way. Nothing's good about this. When some of your best leaders leave, nothing's good about this. But I'll tell you what, it was... It turned out that that woman was better than the leaders that left. And, and those leaders that left, you know where they are today? Nowhere. I had one of them reach out to me years later after he heard about my success. And you know, you know what he said to me? He said, well, you got in at the right time. 
I said, what? You got in at the same time I did. What do you mean this right time stuff? You left. I didn't leave. I just stayed with it. Anyway. So, again, I learned that as bad as things are, when we change the question to what's good about this, what's good about this is I didn't need these kind of people. They're the wrong people for me. They're the wrong people for me. And I'd rather have them leave sooner than later. Had they stayed on later, they would have got to know more people in their team and they could have did more damage. So leaving was the best thing for me, even though I didn't know it at the time. And it turned out what they left behind was better than what they were. Again, when we go through bad experiences, how can we feel good when we're feeling our worst? And I learned from that experience just that thing, that it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Same thing when I lost my business. Some of you know my story. When I had a business for 13 years and two major accounts lost it, went into bankruptcy, had no money coming in, it was the end of the world. It was the end of the world. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. I just didn't know it at the time. I did not know it at the time. Because I would have lived a, 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 just a mediocre life. You know, just settling for what I get. Which wasn't a lot. I was just making a living and that's all I was doing. I wasn't living a life that was inspiring by any means. And so going through those experiences taught me a lot. But going on even more, because I'm talking about, you know, how can we feel good when, we feel, when we're feeling at our worst? You know, I can remember when many years ago I wanted to, of course, you know, companies evolve, right? So our company added two other pin levels, if you will. And it was a, it was a, it was a major thing, uh, but it was something that I wanted to reach and do. And this was many years ago. And it turned out, I thought, you know what? I just got to find the right people. So I kept scouting, 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 found a brilliant guy. Oh my gosh. You know, ex-military, retired, uh, officer, did a lot and connected. He said, you know what? I'm allowed to do retirement briefings for all the soldiers on bases, on these bases, and I can find great people. Nothing like building with the military, right? Because especially retired officers, they're leaders, right? Man, did that sound good, great to me. Such a wonderful man. And so he needed some support though, in traveling and doing what he's doing. And and then uh, it was great because the government was going to support it because again, they have a thing, they donate a thousand dollars to each uh, officer that's retiring to start their own business, blah, blah, blah. None of that was true. My friends, you talk about a guy that was a charlatan. He was the best of the best. And the name he gave me was not his legal name. It wasn't until it cost me, I think, it's embarrassing. I think 
around $180,000 that I found out who he really was. And that, that was when I was in New York City and I just kept, my gut feeling kept telling me something's wrong. After everything that he was doing, something is missing. And it turned out he, he was a, a, a military officer and he was dishonorably discharged. The guy was a scammer. He ran a scam on a military base, screwed his officers out of a lot of money. I mean, but highly intelligent guy, highly evil too. And I, I managed when I was in New York City to find his, it was a long story, I won't go into it anyway. I found out his real name and I found him, yeah, his mugshot when I Googled it. And I like to fell out of my chair when I was in New York City doing an event. And my leader, because the next stop off was Philadelphia where I was meeting him face to face. And one of my leaders said, you're not going there. This guy is a criminal. And this is dangerous. And I said, oh, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. And I told him a few things I expected when I met with him and I knew he wasn't going to deliver. And he came up with the best excuses why he couldn't deliver that, met me for lunch. And, and I said, okay, then it's all confirmed. It's all confirmed. And then I said, you know, I got to meet with some other leaders here. So, you know, I won't be able to spend any more time with you, but you know, we can get together later. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Then I, I went down the walk, walking down Philadelphia. I just went into a bar and told a guy to give me the biggest beer he had. And I thought, what am I going to do with this guy? First thought was kill him. <laughs> Second, no, well, you can't do that because that's not you. Um, okay. Long story short, you know, uh, I did call the FBI. We had an interesting conversation. And guess what? He ended up doing 18 months. That was it. I thought, well, $10,000 a month, uh, that's not too bad. I don't think he learned a lesson, but I sure learned a lesson. But I'll tell you what. What I was more bothered about was not the money. What I was most bothered about was I thought he was my friend. He was, you know, I mean, like I said, he was intelligent. He looked like a leader, talked like a leader. And all he was was a con artist. And I wasted so much time. That was the other thing. That was the second thing I hated most was all the time that was lost. Um, again, how do you do, how do you feel good when you're, you're feeling at your worst? Well, I had an anger, you know, felt betrayed. I thought he was my friend, I he was not my friend. Uh, I had an anger. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm determined. I am going to find the right person. A few months later I did. And, uh, that guy delivered. He delivered. So it was just, an, again, it's a thing that you don't want to learn the wrong lessons when you go through an experience and then create a belief that's really not true. It's just a red light story. Here's another thing, too, that you, you leaders, uh, you know, you go through sometimes, and that is you spend too much time with the wrong people. I was just talking 
matter of fact, to a, um, to a leader tonight about this very subject because she was absolutely worn out emotionally trying to drag a team along that, you know, they're just not stepping up. They're not doing the things they're supposed to do. And it's emotionally draining to her. Time-wise, it's draining to her. And the productivity is low. And I told her, I said, here's what you're going to have to do. Um, you're going to have to be selective who gets your time. And you're going to have to be selective as to who you're going to work with. And that's it. It's just like somebody I talked to even on, um, you know, on a Zoom call today. I could explain some of the things that she's asking, but that's not what I did. I said, here's where you need to go that's going to answer this. It's, there's a PDF. There's a video. Here, I want you to under, look at the compensation plan. Um, instead of me explaining the compensation plan, go to the video. I want you to go to the video. I want you to do some research on those things that you ask questions, and that's where you're going to find the information, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. And that's it. Now, if she doesn't do that, then she's the wrong person to work with because you have to give them responsibility. And it's, it's, it's teaching them how to step up and be independent. That's the very thing you want in leaders. That's why it said at, at the top of many of your applications and the companies that you represent and work, doesn't it say independent distributors? Most do. Independent. <laughs> I don't want a dependent person because it's draining on your time. It's draining on your emotion. You get frustrated. And some people enable that, enable those kind of people simply because they get emotional satisfaction out of it. You may get emotional satisfaction out of it, but you're not making money because those people will never become leaders. Those are thumb sucking babies. That's what they are. And uh, so the thing is, we have to teach them. Is what you remember the old saying: "Teach a man, you know, uh, give a man, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish. What? Feed him for a lifetime." You can give them a fish. That's what a lot of people do. They're feeding them for a day. Teach them how to fish. Feed them for a lifetime. That's right. So when, when you have people in your team, new people that join, as well as maybe people have been with you for a while, and they're pulling on you, and they're asking questions or this and that, show them where to go get the information and tell them to come back to you with the answers. Because if they don't come back with the answers, those are not leaders. They're like, oh man, I gotta do the I gotta do the research. Why can't you just tell me? I'm not gonna tell you. It's like my son, you know. You know, I've got a lot of rose bushes here, probably two hundred or more on this property. It's like, hey son, uh, can you help me deadhead? <laughs> Oh, Dad, I'd like to, but uh, could you do it for me? No, I want you out here in five minutes. <laughs> you know, we, we, we FaceTime in this house. That's how we communicate. <laughs> anyway, but when it comes to your people, just that very thing, keep, keep that in mind. Are you really teaching them how to be independent? Or are we always just answering their questions? doing everything for them.
talking to their prospects. We're doing most of the work. You know, if you weren't there, would it get done? Would they know how to do it? Could they do it? Could your leaders do it? Hello, Jennifer. Good to see you. Um, could they do it? So that very thing is, you know, just pay attention to where you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with. And here's the thing. You're going to love it when you're doing it with the right people. Here's the other thing about independent people. They don't need much of your time. They really don't. Uh, maybe if they have a question that is, you know, there isn't a video for that. There isn't a PDF for that. Okay, fine. Then you answer the question. Just answer the question for them. That's fine. Those, those are eagles. Those are ones that know how to fly. They know how to get this done without you. And they might be better at it than you. Pray to God they are. Because if they're better than you are, I'm always looking for someone better than me. Because that's the only way I can be free. Those were the questions that I asked 21 years ago. Who can I find that's better than me? Because if I can find them, I'm free. Think about it. If you can find them, you're free. Some people don't want to be free. Again, there's emotionally needy people that join and they, they love to help. They want to be them. Okay, that's not me. I love people, don't get me wrong, I love people. But I want to be able to do the things I love to do, whatever that is. Tonight it's the gym, but uh, you know, sometimes it's just playing my drums or songwriting or, or traveling or whatever, you know, just having a good time with some people. You know, the thing is, but if you're constantly on the phone, if you're constantly doing Zooms, if you're constantly doing trainings, that's called a J-O-B. It's just a different kind of J-O-B. What, remember what J-O-B st uh, stood for or stands for? Just over broke. How can you be in network marketing and you're just over broke? That's not a good thing. So don't put your in the, yourself in the situation. In those circumstances, that you're getting emotionally drained, time drained, and you, you hate what you do. Don't, oh my gosh, I love network marketing. I love everything it's given me. And I don't consider myself an exceptional person. I really don't. I'm simply a person that stayed with it. But I did look for the right people. I didn't look, wanna look for the wrong people. So again, Feeling good when you're feeling your, you know, when you're feeling worse or you're feeling bad, you know, you're going to feel bad if you're spending too much time with the wrong people. So when I went through those experiences, and I remember back, oh, when was this? I can't even remember that year, maybe 2004, 2004, maybe. And I, I said to myself, you know what? I've got one great team and two average teams. I need three to go to the top. The other two teams, they're not the teams that's going to get me to where I want to go. It's the wrong people. And I remember at that time, the company started opening, they started registering their products overseas. And I had, a, I, I just by chance, you know, through emails, met a man, somebody introduced me, 
that invited me to come to Korea and said, you need to come now. I never left North America in my life. And despite my fears and the insecurities, I went. And what happened with me was that when I got to the other side and I said, you know what? This is where I'm going to be for the next knows how many years because I'm going to make a run for it. And that's what I did. And I chose to live on the island of Guam. Again, you have to do that. You don't have to go to the other side of the world to find new people. I was just ready for change. For you, it might be moving from where you are to another state or another city. Who knows? Uh, but, but the thing about it is I was determined to find the right people. When you reach that point called threshold, where you said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm not settling for this. This is not my standard. This is not the way I'm going to live my life. And you're determined to break barriers that you've never gone through before because of your fears, the things holding you back. You're going to attract the right people. It just works out that way because guess what? You walk different, you talk different, you think different, you behave differently. You have mental posture that others don't have and people get curious about that. Like, wow, you know, why are they strong? Why are they, they seem successful. Why, why do they seem to have something I don't have? I'm just, you know, and you start attracting the right kind of tribe, the right kind of leaders that are, that are going to be the kind of people they're going to get. And that's exactly what I did. And those other two legs that were not going to get me to where I want to be. That's right. I replaced those legs. I replaced them with better leaders. So again, even though I was feeling at my worst, had a lot of fears about, Hey, am I really going to be able to make this work? I understood that my whole strategy, who I was going to work with, who I was going to spend time with, who I was going to give my time to a different person. And that's what you got to do. If you're available to anybody and everybody, you're cheap goods. And I hope you're not cheap goods. I don't think anybody on this call is. But don't sell yourself as cheap goods. Spend your time with the right people. So now, forgive me. Well, I hope you find them, Lisa. So now forgive me, but you see that back there, that door? That is my sauna, and that's where I'm going now. <laughs> I'm gonna turn on some Enya and chill out. Everyone, have a good evening, and I will give you a shout out tomorrow night. I hope you got some value out of this. If you did, pass it on, because you probably got a lot of leaders doing this very thing. It's just a common problem, that's all. And if you haven't got my book, Reaching the Peak, it's on Amazon in English and Spanish. So thanks for uh, tuning in. Love all you guys. See you tomorrow.